Welcome to Direct Message with A Creative DC. We are live on Full Service Radio, broadcasting from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan in Washington, DC. As always, I'm your host, I'm Morgan West. I'm founder and director of the A Creative DC project. You may have seen us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at A Creative DC, and we promote creative community and creative economy in the digital realm, all of the things that that means. We have a 1.1 million strong hashtag feed on social, 1.1 million pieces of content on Instagram alone. And so when you scroll through all of that content, you're accessing visuals and perspective on and from this city, from the people and projects who populate it digitally and IRL. We work to shift perception of of Creative Washington, D.C., what that looks like, the projects that are happening here, and we certainly could not do that alone. We're here to amplify the content that goes into that hashtag feed, and this podcast is just one of the new media ways in which we do that. So today, re-podcast, it is Wednesday, December 19th, 2018, and today we're in studio with an artist that we know and love at a Creative DC, Rose Jaffe. Rose, hello, welcome. Hello, I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. So everyone listening, you can check out Rose's work on Instagram at rose underscore inks, that's I-N-K-S, and online at her website, rosejaffe.com, and that's J-A-F-F-E. Rose's work spans so many mediums. (laughs) She does murals and illustration and paintings and ceramics. And there's even like a little bit of animation on your website, which I love so much. Um, There's portraiture and there's just lots and lots of figurative work and faces and bodies play very large into the Rose Jaffe landscape and just color, color, color kind of abounds everywhere. You have likely seen her work across the city. Again, we mentioned murals. Um, You may have seen it in DIY spaces and galleries proper, and perhaps most recently at the National Museum of Women in the Arts, where she has murals up and on view in the gift shop area. So if you have not seen her work, I imagine that you will be keeping an eagle eye on it after hearing a little more about it from Rose herself. So Rose, welcome again. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you. This feels like overdue somehow. (laughs) This is amazing. I love being here at the line and chatting with you about this. I'm, I'm so excited. And yeah, I'm sure we'll get to this, but you have work kind of all over this hotel. Yeah, I do. I was so honored to kind of be brought on board to to hang work here, and I feel it was sort of a a collaborative, creative effort, and I re- I really appreciated that. So I'm I'm thrilled. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, she is everywhere, folks. <laughs> but so let's let's kind of let's super zoom out. We're gonna go way back, like pre career things. How did you? It's just such like a, I love this kind of, it's a kindergarten question, but it's like, cause the answer might be kindergarten, but yeah. like, how did you get started in the arts in general? Like, when did you first know that you loved making stuff? Well, you know, I was in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, no, really, it really, really started young for me. I, um, I was about six years old when I think I remember, um, I was kind of drawing in the corner of my mom's sort of design studio and she was working on a design for our school, um, 
you know, some event at the school and um, it was like a field day where the entire school would wear this t-shirt. Anyways, I was in the corner drawing this sort of sun and I remember that she liked the sun that I drew and she incorporated it into the design. So it was when I was six years old, like the, you know, entire school of 600 people were wearing this shirt. I just remember that was kind of the first time I was like, I love, you know, I love making art so much and I loved sort of the feedback and it was so positive. And I think from then on, I was... I mean, I've always been obsessed with art. I'm very lucky that it really kind of runs in my family. My mother is one of five, and they're all some type of artist, dancers. Um, So that's really wonderful. My grandmother was a watercolor artist. And my parent, my grandparents, my dad's parents were art collectors. So I grew up with a house full of sculptures and art. And it was just kind of really ingrained. So I, I think having support from my parents was really critical. And in and outside of school, I was obsessed with art always. Um, you know, doodling on the sides of everything and being in art classes and ceramics classes and painting classes all the way through every single summer. Yeah. It was just something I've always been drawn to. And then, you know, I, I was supported in that. And, and I think that that's a really important piece. Yeah, absolutely. And continue to do it. It is. It's so interesting. We talked to, a, you know, a lot of people on this podcast and it, it is kind of the recur, one of the recurring themes is really kind of like artistic parents or people who had, you know, parents who had like some kind of creative inkling as well. So it's interesting. It's, it is so much about it being kind of inherent yeah. and supported. And also I love, you know, then from that, it's just kind of like immersion, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I mean, I think there's so many kind of young friends that I work with who they're working really against parents who feel like art Mm. is not a viable you know um, thing to do with their lives or something like that so I think that having parents be like yes you love this and I'm going to support you doing it um, was was really critical and then yeah it was off to the races I went to art school which I just loved and I was you know ready to very ready by the time art school ended to just like be doing art all day every day it's amazing yeah and it definitely shows I mean sincerely like doing art all day every day again we talk you work in so many different like mediums and different categories so how did that start like I think that I it's sort of like an insatiable appetite a little bit and you know I'm a Scorpio also so it's just like I'm like <laughs> dialed let's, all let's the put way this up. out on the yeah, table <laughs> exactly like here I am full-on turned all the way up so I think the, the variety of mediums, I just love sort of experimenting and seeing art in many different forms. Mm-hmm. Only recently have I kind of come around to sculpture. I think that I grew tired of working in the 2D form. I you know, was trained in illustration and drawing and just worked flat forever and ever and ever. And just recently I've been you know, wanting to kind of pull my images off of a surface and what does it look like if they're standing in a form or you can walk around it. And, you know, I think that's taken, you know, years and years of work. But, you know, in college, I got to work a little bit with like plaster and wire and different metal things, a little bit of kind of screen printing. And um, I think I'm just curious about it. I'm sort of immersed in, in all of those things. And, you know, I think I'm really trained in painting, but at a certain point, you tire of that and want to kind of explore different mediums, you yeah. know? Yeah, there's something so, I don't know, metaphorical about like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm growing my practice, and I, now it's actually growing, and it's 3D. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. That's so interesting. What a neat, I don't know, it's cool. It's just pushing yourself in different directions yeah. and not letting yourself get bored, maybe? Absolutely. I mean, I think art is something I was talking to another artist. It's almost like you don't 
have a choice. Like I need to be making art really Mm -hmm. for kind of my well-being and, you know, to feed my soul. And so it's like, I need to be making art and I want to constantly be excited about the work that I'm making. Absolutely. And I kind of need to continue to, um, try new things and yeah, just sort of be excited. I also taught art, um, in high school for about three years Wow! and it was sort of an alternative education high school. And so I could create all of my own curriculum. And so I just came up with all these wacky things for the kids to do was like you're like no parameters great totally and I mean everything from googling like art things for teens and like thinking of things on my own it was like I just re-explored kind of everything from paper mache to plaster molds to clay and beading and I just kind of was like wow all of this stuff is so fun and the kids would be like Rose class is over and I'm like listen I'm really into building this paper mache thing right now. Class is over but art never is. Oh, so everyone, listen, if you're just joining us, this is Direct Message with the Creative DC. I'm your host, Morgan West, and we are in studio today with Rose Jaffe. So curiosity is a huge driver for her personal work. She loves to explore new mediums. Um, And again, she kind of is able to go back and forth between 2D murals and illustrations and paintings and most recently sculpture or perhaps, you know, a giant paper mache objet with your (laughs) class of teenagers. Um, So let's let's talk about so, you know, we've talked a lot about your work already, but your work um, takes place in a physical space and you are somebody. So let me I started off by saying, you know, Rose is kind of a longtime friend of a creative DC. When we very first launched this project on Instagram, um, I actually, I used to have a blog prior to a Creative DC, and the way I met Rose was actually over at 411 New York Avenue, Northeast, um, and I, she was generous enough to let me come visit her studio space. I don't know if we actually met them, but that was the first time we, I remember we kind of like sat down oh, yeah. and did the thing, and yeah. yeah, so Rose was nice enough to invite me over. I took a few... Sp- you know, a few photos of her workspace. I remember very vividly this like beautiful old like industrial chair and you just had so much space. And since then, you know, having kept up with your work, you've worked in a lot of different studio spaces across the city. I have. And I think you're someone who has just very, been this really wonderful, visible person in the DC art scene who's been able to have space, talk about the space, enact the space. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to toss this hot potato to you. Yeah, so I mean... (laughs) Thank you. I the 411 2B studio was sort of a critical start to my life as an artist in DC. Um, in so many ways. First of all, it was it was working with a collective of artists, which I've really kind of come around to as the way that I want to sort of exist in DC as the power of the collective and working together, and how we're so much stronger in that form. And working at 2B Studios was. I think that it really showed the power of having a space and that was, you know, only about a year moving back to DC and I'm born and raised here in DC. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of re exploring the city and that space was the first time that I had a space where I could say, I'm going to organize something here. I'm going to throw a show. I'm going to have um, a film screening, a dance performance. And I really felt the value of how amazing that was when we mm-hmm. could kind of organize these types of things in these DIY spaces in D.C. And I think it, it showed me in conjunction with that, I was starting to show a lot of these sort of DIY spaces and Hole in the Sky was just starting and some of these other spaces that don't exist anymore. Um, and that 
like you said, I've, I've, you know, 411 we don't have anymore because it's being turned into a hotel and there was a huge fight with the artists there mm-hmm. um, and they did such an amazing job. I was doing an artist residency in Berlin at the time. But the end result of that was that now in D.C. there's a new law where artists get first right of refusal for, you know, instances like that where it's a studio yeah. building. Um, I actually remember being yeah. at the hearing and your sister reading yes. your statement while yes. you were in Berlin. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that was a really kind of a coalescing around the importance of space for, you know, artists in D.C., which has been a, a conversation that's been happening for generations now. But, you know, I've moved on to, I think, about four spaces since then. I, I need studio space and it's kind of hard to come by. Um, but all throughout, you know, whether I've sort of had 2B Studios was a space that I could... Um, entertain and host Uh, the other spaces haven't been until I had the stew which is the kind of the most recent yeah so let's talk about that so if you guys are just listening in you're hearing all about kind of um you know just the the intricacies of space in Washington DC oh yeah um and a little bit about the history of kind of DIY spaces very recent history um and we're here today with Rose Jaffe who's talking to us all about the different spaces she's worked in in DC um, she said that her very first studio over at 411 New York Avenue, 411 2B, uh, was a critical start to her art career in D.C. And so, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Most recently, you were at The Stew. So yeah. I, this was really incredible, and I loved keeping an eye on the things you were doing there. Please tell me all about it. Yeah, The Stew was a transformative experience in my life, and I think hopefully for others as well. I had it for exactly one year, and it was a former H&R block. Wow. Um, <laughs> Delicious irony there. Oh, right? Yes. (laughs) People would still stop by and be like, is there accounting here? Um, Yeah, so the stew was in a strip mall um, on Rhode Island um, Avenue, and it is currently being made into these um, future condo buildings as well. Um, Sort of the story of evolving Washington. And the stew was a space that I got, and I could kind of do whatever I wanted with it and you know I thought about just making it my own studio space or breaking up into spaces ultimately I decided to make the back my studio and the front area sort of a flex community space Mm. and we hosted over 50 events there and that's incredible yeah like that's incredible it was so great I would like to remind everyone that there are 52 (laughs) weeks in a year (laughs) so there were no pauses there yeah it was um it was really sort of an amazing um it was an amazing thing in so many regards. And I, I think the feedback, the most feedback that I got was the importance of having affordable space. Mm-hmm. Because I my overhead was so low, I could really subsidize this for other people. So it was either free or like very low rent. Um, and I think that just that alone made it accessible to a lot more people to host their pop-ups or... Um, or for me to just have gallery shows or events that were about really interesting things. Um, a lot of sort of social justice oriented things, a lot of art builds for protests and direct actions. Um, we had some really cool film screenings. We had a beautiful event that um, was hosted by my Venezuelan friend Fa, sort of about what's going on in Venezuela right now with Venezuelan music and poetry and dance. And so I think that it was a space for people to really come together in a space that felt safe and accessible and um, and creative. And I think that through that, it really sort of solidified my belief in the power of art to build community and mm-hmm. to heal. And, um, and I just continue to want to keep going with that, despite the fact that the stew is over. 
Um, I really feel like having physical spaces like that, we can't overstate enough how important it is to provide spaces like that that are affordable and accessible and creative where people can come and just be themselves, whether they're you know doing a piece of music or dancing or just being able to connect with other people or being leaving their house and, and feeling safe somewhere else. Um, there's so many reasons why we need spaces like that that people can just sort of be in and be and create in. So the stew is a place that for me was amazing because it had studio space. I benefited tremendously from having all these people come into my life. And I hope that it was also something for the community because ultimately I'm very dedicated to DC. I love it here. I love the people here. I love the art scene here. And I feel like I'm a part of it. And I think that if we can really kind of help each other, that's sort of that's really how neighborhoods and communities become strong. That's where grassroots organizing comes from. Yeah. And, and we can do that when we kind of create these spaces and create connections and build upon that for something really amazing. Oh, absolutely. Rose, that is all manifesto worthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So everyone listening in, we're in studio today with Rose Jaffe. Um, She is dedicated to the art scene in D.C. And really um, her own career and her career growth has really um, come such a long way because of her, like, I don't know. I'm like struggling here because I think you just said everything so well and I'm trying to sum it up. And I'm like, I can't sum it up. I just want to replay it. But basically, Rose is just talking all about safe and accessible and creative and affordable spaces being so integral to to communities and to art careers, really. Um, I was just having a conversation with someone last week, another artist, and she was saying that um, when she started her project like 15 years ago, she had, you know, she paid $500 in rent and for her studio space. And she could do that by like, you know, working extra hours, waiting tables, and, like, that was a doable thing. And I think the affordability aspect um, is just so important, especially in D.C., because, you know, I think there's just so much that's tailored to people who are kind of moving here, who are already established, but how do you how do you establish a career kind of if you don't have entry-level prices, if you don't have entry-level, you know, accessibility and Absolutely. all of those? And I think that also sort of the, the grind of capitalism really... Um, tampers down creativity. You know, I think that there's so many creative people in DC, but when you have to work three jobs right. to pay your rent, you don't have time. And and also when you have to feel like everything that you make has to be sold at a certain thing, that that also is like an energy creative suck. You know, absolutely. Um, I think living in Berlin was sort of this amazing experience because the the cost of living was so low um, that there was a lot of people that sort of had these odd end jobs and could pay rent and then spent the rest of their time doing I don't know sort of being an experimental poetry performer artist costume maker thing (laughs) you know what I mean of course like There no, was, but finding new ways to, yes. again, get inspired and, yeah, to be and able to kind of time. jump out. I think right. creatives really need time to to just sort of express themselves in whatever that means. And I think there's so much potential in so many people, um, but they don't have the time, space, or resource to really tap into that. And so I think when you can provide that to people, that's an amazing gift. Um, and I think that, God, if we could just kind of find ways that we can redistribute resources because I think it's so much about that, um, that, that we can really kind of foster more creativity and then truly amazing things can happen when you give creative people time and space and resources Mm. without the fear and weight 
and burden of um, money, it's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, wow. Uh, well, again, I'm just going to reiterate what Rose said. She believes in the power of art to build community, and I think that is a lovely place to pause to go to break. <laughs> we'll just Hell yeah. we'll pause right here, Rose. Thank you so much. Thank you. Guys, we're taking a, a short few minutes here on Direct Message. We'll be back really soon on Full Service Radio. has been Tao by Kuyo. Find more soundcloud.com slash Kuyopili. That's C-U-Y-O-P-I-L-L-I. Coming right back. Hello and welcome back to Direct Message. I'm your host, Morgan West. We are diving into the 1.1 million strong a Creative DC hashtag feed today and every other week on Full Service Radio. And today we're getting all into the how and what with artist Rose Jaffe. (laughs) So we've talked today all about her work and all about studio space. If you missed the first part of the conversation, I I urge you to please, you know, look this up online and listen in. Um, Rose has some really, I think, incredibly important things to say about studio space and how art impacts community. Uh, but let's kind of let's zoom out. Yeah. Let's look like big pick. Um, so I think, you know, it's the end of the year. It's we're heading rapidly. We're hurtling towards 2019. Yeah, this year went by so fast. <laughs> I can't went, even believe it. It's so crazy. Um, so I would imagine you probably you got a lot done this year. Um, so year. Uh, yeah. So let me. Yeah. Let's do this. I'm going to flip the script a tiny bit. How would you describe your 2018 career wise? My 2018 was absolutely amazing career-wise. It was definitely the best year yet. Um, Mm. I think I have, you know, over, God, like maybe 12 murals in DC now, which is pretty sweet. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, one here at the line, which is rad. Um, I did my biggest mural yet. It was 5,000 square feet. It was about two city blocks in Crystal City, so that was awesome. Incredible. And I did a bunch of, um, I did about six murals, kind of small murals in um, two public schools in D.C. through grants through D.C. That's awesome. Um, I did one through the Murals D.C. program um, uptown on this awesome women's um, like soup company. Yes. Soup Up. Yes. Very cool. That was rad. Yeah. So, I mean, this this was a amazing year um, of yeah, I mean, I had the stew for most of the year, which was just a fantastic 
experience in so many ways. And then I just painted a ton. So That's this great. year, I, I like can't. <laughs> this year is a total blur, but I did a ton. And I love it. Well, it sounds like a, yeah. an awesome mix of kind of like commission projects and yes. personal work. Totally. And yeah. And then also, again, the programming and curation at yeah. your DIY space. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. So for everyone listening, just to remind you, you can kind of, you can scroll through Rose's 2018 yeah, give it a scroll, give it a follow. <laughs> on Rose Inks on Instagram. And that's R-O-S-E underscore I-N-K-S. All right. So that's your 2018. Yeah. What are you kind of walking into 2019 with? What are you, what are your projects? What intentions are you setting? Yeah. So 2018 was very kind of um, big project, mural, a lot of commission work. 2019, I am looking at a studio space that is small, not kind of a big collaborative space. And I'm kind of moving more towards some potential more gallery work, mm. less like huge commissions. I mean, this is what I say. Who knows? And what will pay the <laughs> yeah. bills? But um, I want to do more of my own personal work in 2019. Um, that being said, I'm starting 2019 off with a bang. I am um, the lead kind of helping curate and plan and execute art for the 2019 Women's March, which is on January 19th, Saturday. So that is, um, that's something that I'm just hopping on board now with some absolutely incredible artist, activist, powerhouse women that I'm just honored to be working with. Um, so we're doing a lot of work around that sort of shifting the narratives of the previous women's March and really kind of making this a super awesome, radical intersectional, um, experience both at the march and sort of leading up to the march on social media, et cetera. So that's really exciting. That is so exciting. Yeah, and then I just booked tickets to India. I'm going to go hang out at ah, this ashram for a little bit. Amazing. Yeah, I'm really sort of into the kind of the spiritual aspect of my work and, and the spiritual part of my healing and dealing with my own health issues through healing and um, meditation and yoga and stuff like that. So that's kind of the, my beginning of my year and hopefully settle into the studio. And um, I think beyond that, really kind of on a broader community aspect, I want to kind of constantly come back to the ideas of abundance and the idea mm-hmm. that there's really space for everyone in DC and that, um, thinking collectively again, like I mentioned before, really yeah. the power of the collective and, and thinking that we're so strong when we're together and we're right, we're really raising each other up as opposed to kind of the power of the individual. I love that. It, I just feel like the way you said it, just, uh, that's going to stick with me for a while. So again, just, you know, Rose really expressed just this excitement about working with a collective of artists, the power of the collective. And then I also love how you just talked about just redistribution, you know, and it's just like, we can, we can all kind of chip in and share what we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Love really? it. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's good. That's a good lineup of plans for 2019. Um, so I think we're going to end this. I'm going to just like, you know, gratuitously hit you up for some advice. <laughs> Anytime. Likewise. Um, so for, for all of us who I'm sure are thinking this, because this is, I mean, we all have these things, right? So this, maybe this is like weird and personal, or maybe this is something we can all apply to our own lives. But what kind of do you know now at this point in your career that you wish Rose had known at the beginning? Oh my God, where do I even start? Yeah, because I'm sure there's just like one thing, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, What do I know? Um, I mean, I think a lot of people would say this, but, you know, stress is something that is very detrimental to your physical body Mm. and it really doesn't serve you that well. I think there's a healthy amount of sort of stress and anxiety that has propelled me to work insanely hard and, and get where I am. But I think there's also stress that has, that has stopped me from doing things. And I think that if I could have maybe brought 
elements of whether it's meditation or, or whatever that is of, um, you know, I guess it's self-care in a little bit earlier. I think, you know, you can't get started earlier enough kind of yeah. um, just continuing to believe in yourself and, and really um, just understanding that those that stress and anxiety. I mean, how many times do you look back and be like, wow, I was really stressed about that and it was fine. <laughs> like that happens all the time. And that it's stress the title is really, of my autobiography. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so many of us creatives also yeah. like carving our own entrepreneurial paths is not easy. Um, but I think that be easy on yourself and um, it's really going to work out if, if you're really believing mm-hmm. in what you do and, and continuing to work hard and put out quality product and, and believing in what that is and being intentional and authentic about it, that really delivers. Yeah. Also, it helps to have an awesome community of support and um, you can't, you know, work in a vacuum and networking is, is essential. Yeah. Oh, such good stuff. This is just I think wonderful advice to kind of end the year on, start a new one with. Yeah. Rose, thank you so much for being thank you here for today. Having me. This and is sharing. truly an honor. Oh, all right. Well, more with you later. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, again, if you're if you're just joining us or if you're at the end and you just need to know more, please, please explore Rose Jaffe's entire internet presence. So she's on Instagram at Rose underscore Inks. You have a big cartel, Rose Inks. I do, I do it. I just updated it. Nice. Um, and I really wanted to mention, I totally forgot about this, but January, I'm going to be doing a short residency at the <gasps> A Creative DC ah! um, Monroe Street <laughs> Studio, um, which I'm really, really excited about. We're going to kind of loop in some Women's March stuff about Yay. it, and just I'll be making work there. So stay tuned for Yay. all the posts on that. So pumped. So excited. All right, guys, we're kicking things off big time next year. Um, sweet. So yeah, Rose has got a big big cartel. She's on Instagram. She's at rosejaffe.com. Please, please go learn more about her work. She is just truly so incredible. And Rose, thank you again. Thank you, Morgan. All right, everybody. So this has been Direct Message with A Creative DC. And we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at A Creative DC. We're online at www.acreativedc.com. And sincerely, this project would not exist without perspective outside of our own. And we are so grateful to be able to take these weekly dives into the Acreative DC hashtag feed. So big thanks to our new partners at Full Service Radio. Jack, thank you for producing this episode. (laughs) Finally, my air horn. You can follow along with them at fullserviceradio.org, at fullserviceradio on Instagram, and at fullserviceRDO on Twitter. Until next time i'm morgan west and this has been direct message with a creative dc thanks for listening to this program on full service radio broadcasting and recording from the line hotel in adams morgan washington dc full service radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.